Good morning. You listen to FloridaDaily.net, and I'm Kemp Parr. This morning, my guest is Keith Hughes, an analyst with Truist. Keith, how you doing? I'm doing fine. How are you doing, Kemp? I'm good. It's good to talk to you. We started the year out last year, you and I talking, and I thought it'd be a good time now to, to do that again. I want to talk about the publicly traded flooring companies. Before we get into that, though, just to talk about the market itself, it's kind of interesting that the economists are talking about the fact that there's a recession perhaps on our horizon, could be six months away. Usually people think the stock market is reacting to what's going to happen six months from now. So what's your explanation of why the market's down only 5% from its peak? Well, when you talk about the market as a whole, there's a you know a lot of cross currents of things going on. I mean, the GDP data has still been relatively good. I mean, I think the predictions are right. I think that's going to deteriorate. If we go into what your listeners care about, the flooring industry, flooring industry and other consumer discretionary areas are kind of the tip of the sphere of what's coming, or historically have been. And as we went through 22, we saw business lighten up on the remodel side. It kind of decelerated as the year went along. The home builder side was still good, but of course, based on the start activity and what the home builders are saying for their orders, I mean, it's gonna that's going to come to a screeching halt here in 23, probably pretty soon in 23. I'm sure 22 is not the worst year that people in this industry have ever seen, um, but 23 is going to be a tough year. But to your question on the stocks, the stocks, you're right, anticipate that. So the flooring companies and quite honestly, all their consumer discretionary peers basically started going down January 2nd, 22, and went down for the first half of the year, kind of been trading sideways since then, anticipating, and, you know, honestly hearing some signs of this weakness. So it's one of those times when I talk to my customers, we got to have two discussions. We got to have a discussion about the stocks and we got a discussion about the fundamentals because they're they're different. The the stocks are way ahead of the uh, fundamentals. I mean, take for instance, if you look at Mohawk and you look at what I did this morning to get ready for this interview, I looked at a three-year view of it. Their range is from 280 on, on January of 18 down to 62 right after the COVID announcement. And then back up in May of 21 to 229 and at 114 today. So uh, a lot of ups and downs. I know you listen in on the conference calls. What are your expectations? Let's go back and talk about what happened. Yeah, as I was saying earlier, pretty much anyone that was viewed as a consumer discretionary product company, manufacturer, distributor, retailer, whatever, underperformed the market all of 2022, anticipating and seeing some early evidence of a downturn. So that's part of what's going on there, I would say, with Mohawk specifically. Mohawk has a very yeah. large and very profitable European business. And we've all read in the paper about Europe and their energy costs now. You know, recent news that they've had a remarkably warm winter in Europe, and that's brought the energy costs down. But, you know, hey, look, the volatility has been nuts in Europe. So that's also a play, what's gone on at, at Mohawk. If you go back a little further, though, um, and kind of X out 22 and look back, the other thing that's happened to Mohawk has been, and I would say the flooring companies as a whole, has been this revolution of LVT. You know, LVT came on the scene some time ago, but the growth rates in LVT have just been unparalleled in this industry over the last, I don't know, eight, nine years. And this has been a huge adjustment for a lot of companies in this space. And I think, unfortunately, for the industry as a whole, LVT has not generated any new demand. It shifted demand from other products to LVT, might have added a little bit to the industry, but mostly it's been taking share from other flooring services. So if you're a large player, of course, you might be winning in LVT, but you might be losing somewhere else. There's some smaller players, that's not the case. So that's the other thing too, and this is a little longer term. 
that the market is kind of unsure of are these companies going to be able to put up the type of numbers they had in the past. Now, Mohawk in 21 had a tremendous year, a just tremendous year. But I think they're mm-hmm. going to have to go back to those once we get back into an upturn to prove that to get a higher valuation than they're doing right now. You also follow Tile. Their volatility hadn't been quite as, as great, but they're uh, moving up and down, too. What, what's your read with going on with the interface? Well, I think an interface, of course, they're virtually all commercial, non-residential, right. however you want to say it, um, in, their, in their business. So the demand trends are very different there. The commercial market had a pretty deep downturn for the 12 months after COVID. And that started to come back, I don't know, summer, fall of 21. And 22 has been a, been a good year in the commercial market. I think the question is moving forward is, historically, when we've had a residential downturn, we have a commercial downturn, some variety, 12 to 24 months later. Now, the world's been a little turned upside down, as I said earlier, from about the summer of 2020 to the, called the summer of 21 or so. I mean, commercial was terrible, specifically mm-hmm. remodel commercial. Construction wasn't quite as bad, but remodel commercial. I mean, everybody just put off remodeling projects. They had no people in their offices or their stores. So it's unclear. Have we already had our recession in commercial? I don't know. That's a big question for 24. We've seen an interface in some of their peer companies and some other products. We've seen definitely a kind of pushing off projects at the end of 22. I think some of those will actually get done. But there's a lot of you know macro discussions here for 24 and 25 that will affect interface and affect the commercial businesses of more integrated companies as well. You know, it's it's probably pretty good near term, longer term. I don't know. There's a huge question mark, at least in the residential market. I think we know what's coming. We got to get through it. And then there's probably a, a really nice uh, run of business on the other side. It's just, it's just got to grin and bear it, I guess. All right. So what's your read on what's going to happen in retail in the near term? Well, I think in the near term, you know, as I've described, all the end-user markets, uh, you know, remodel, of course, is the most important thing for retail. They'll move with with those trends. It is interesting, though, you know, bigger picture in, in flooring retail. Of course, you still got the big box players out there who, who do a tremendous amount of business. And you've got a lot of small independents who are really the backbone of this industry. Some have been probably listening to this podcast. There has been what I would call flooring-only small boxes that have come up and down over time over the last 20 years, there's been multiple ones that have come and they've all tend to hit a size limitation and tend to have some problems. You know, there is an appeal for this middle size you know, box, as I call it, smaller than the big box, bigger than some of the independents. And there's some models out there that do seem to work, particularly for what I would call middle to lower middle price points. So I think those types of formats, and there's several out there, I think will continue to grow. I think for the small players, serving the middle to high market, high touch service. I think that's always going to be part of this industry. I mean, getting flooring redone is can be such a pretty difficult process, quite honestly. It involves taking out product. You've got contractors coming in the house. You know, there's a lot of details that can make or break a pro- project, which I think some of the larger entities are will never be good at. But, you know, we're definitely going to see, uh, as opposed to an industry that 20 years ago had the very big and the very small, we're definitely developing middle size that I think has a place in this industry. Very interesting. Keith, you going to be at Surfaces this year? Yeah, it's interesting. We have three trade shows going on for three sectors. I cover the Builder Show and Mattresses at the same time. So it's going to be a very busy show. I think it's good for Surfaces that they are overlapping specifically with the Builder Show, which they have a lot of commonality with. I think it's really good for the show. I think it's going to increase attendance at the show. 
based on the hotel and flight rates, flight prices, it's going to be really well attended. Yeah, looking forward to it. I think this will be the first time we'll be really the industry back in mass at the show. Mm-hmm. They've had services. It's been pretty lightly attended, but I, I'm hoping that the you know world gets back to some in-person things that occur at the show. I think it's good for all the players in the industry. All right, Keith, I appreciate you spending time with our listeners. It's good to catch up with you. Again, have been talking to Keith Hughes, an analyst with Truist, and you've been listening to Kempar and FloorDaily.net.